This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Fix It 101, the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. In for Jason Klein this week, I'm Kevin Farrell. Here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed contact Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. According to the National Fire Protection Association, the top causes for house fires are cooking, heating, electrical, smoking, and candles. The winter and holiday season is a great time to go over a home fire safety plan. So today we're going to talk to uh, Division Chief Malcolm Alexander of the Jackson Fire Department. He'll talk fire safety during the holidays. Also, we've got some emails to work through and always look for your home improvement questions. So you can join the conversation this morning with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. And here's a reminder, Fixit 101 re-airs Saturday mornings at 9. That's right before the Gestalt Gardener, which comes on at 10 on Saturday mornings. So good morning. How are y'all doing this morning? I'm awesome. I can't figure out if I need to have on a coat or a hat. It's a bad <laughs> hair day for sure. All <laughs> this fog out there. I know. It's it, hey, it, it'll be different when we leave. That's yeah. right. It'll be totally different. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I was going to tell you about, Jeff, you'll appreciate this. Let me tell you what a bad day is. A bad day is when you go to the country place and the power's been out a week. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the freezer. You open the refrigerator. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there was some frozen fish. Mm. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> Not anymore. And what it did is it drained into the bottom of the refrigerator, out the door, and under the cabinet. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So I've got to go down this weekend and... Remove the kick plate so I can get to all the smelly stuff. It was uh, it was disgusting. Did we figure out why we don't have power? Squirrel. Oh, that nice squirrel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, talking about fires, and this is it's a great segue into this. We had a fire in Madison oh, so, several years ago, created by squirrels building a nest in your soffit lights. And Whoa. and then you know and then it, you know we weren't using a, a lot of LED, so the homeowners left the soffit lights on all night, right, right, right. Around, right around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. That squirrel got warm. That squirrel <laughs> got warm. The house caught on fire. <laughs> so. Yeah, they they're little pesky little things. They just want to you know they just want to get warm. So this is part of the show where y'all usually talk about uh, projects that you've been working on, and I certainly cannot match what Jason would bring to the table, but I do have one story, uh, and that was I successfully put up a uh, coat rack in my bedroom. Awesome. Uh, and I was proud of myself because um, usually when I put the little uh, the, the, the anchors in there, I, the pilot hole I drill is not big enough, and I'm trying to hammer them in there, and they get all mangled and mashed, and then I try to have to pull them out. Of course, then there's not enough, and i got to go back to the store <laughs> to buy some more. So the fact that the coat, hang, or coat hook is hanging on the wall and actually has something hanging from it, every time I wake up in the morning, I think, gosh, I actually did something. I did so. that. Nice. We're so proud of you. Yeah, I've been working with some hooks, too. I love hooks. Hooks are just awesome. <laughs> they're, they're very handy. That's you can for sure. just, I mean, you can hang, just think of all the things you can hang on a hook. 
You can put the dog leashes. You can put a coat. You can hang your hat. A fish. A fish. <laughs> you can hang a fish up there. Just, you can put... Um, let's see all the all the different things. I was actually down at Old House Depot uh, this last week and picked up four hooks because you know I like that old stuff. And then I found an old piece of flooring. You know, the more beat up, the better. And I spaced my hooks out on that, and then I took that piece of wood and put it on because I got what is it sixteen on center. On your wall, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. on my studs. And so I just screwed that straight into the stud so I don't have to worry about the anchors. Very That's good. another way to get around that whole hook thing. So, And we'll have that on our YouTube channel here shortly. Well, see, I, that's the other thing. I've, I think I have one of those little stud finders, but I, I never can exactly figure out how to use it. So, And then, of course, the the really good people can do just the tapping on the wall and, and find out. Yeah, but you again, can, that's if you're all. not doing that a lot. And then I love Jeff's method. The, the flashlight. What's that? A flashlight. It works every time. Set the butt of the flashlight on the floor next to the wall. Let the beam shine up the wall. Turn the light off and run that beam down the wall, and you will see every imperfection. And when you see that imperfection, that is a screw head. Mm-hmm. That they've that's, mudded over. Yeah, yeah right. That's that's where your that's where your stud is. All right, I'm going to I'm going to keep that one in mind because that's certainly <laughs> it, it, work, it works easier than the stud finder. Yeah, in yeah. In, in in my opinion. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, you'll listen to the show again, and now you got all these options to hang your hooks, Kevin. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> That sounds like a fun party trick too. You know, you're at a party and things are getting a little low. Turn the lights off and turn the uh, flashlight off. Studs, right? Studs tonight. (laughs) Uh, The show, the show has gone to finding studs. Finding studs and hanging hooks, studs and hooks. (laughs) We have got an early call on the line, so let's say good morning to uh, Diane from Ocean Springs. You're on the air with us, Diane. Go ahead. I have two questions. Uh, My first question is most important. It's about my furnace. I've been running my heat. Uh, and then uh, it got warm, so I turned my thermostat off and uh, for about two weeks, and I turned it on again the other day, and it would not come on. It come on air conditioned. It's fine. But the thermostat is fine. The batteries are fine. My breaker is working. So uh, what do I, what's going on, and what do I need to do? To, is there a reset something in my furnace? <laughs> What kind of furnace is it, Diane? Is it a gas furnace or is it a heat pump? Not that I don't. Uh, I'm sure it's electric. Yeah, probably. It's, yeah. It's a manufactured tr- manufactured home, and, a, and it's not an old old, but it is old. It's not a modern trailer. And the unit? How old is your furnace? Now, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure it came with the trailer because it looked old. Right. Sometimes what will happen, this happened to me down at the pond. Um, we had a power out, you know, those squirrels, I swear, we had a power outage. And um, it blew a fuse on the inside of our uh, heat pump unit. So I was able to take the cover off and identify, and the little fuses, do you know what a, a tiny fuse looks like? It's like one you would put in your instrument panel on your car. Uh Okay. You can open that, uh, turn the power off to it, obviously, flip your breaker, open up that front panel, and look inside, and there may be, uh, there'd be a little box where these fuses are, and it's probably a three-amp fuse, and you can... You know, I, I rated my um, 
my Polaris unit outside <laughs> for a three amp fuse and replaced it, and it came right back on. But that's the only thing I could think of. Jeff, you can you think of anything? It, it sounds um, it sounds electrical. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think it's an electrical issue. Uh, your your best bet is to call a um, um, qualified qualified heating and air company. There's several in Ocean Springs, and I, I think you'll be back in business. Okay. Even though the fan, even though the air conditioning comes on, that has nothing to do with my, my furnace. That, it's di- different power source headed okay. to your to your furnace. Okay. All right. My second thing was, um, you are talking about hooks, but my hook that holds up my curtain rod come, came out of the wall, and it's the hole now is too big for my screw. Mm-hmm. When can I get that screw, or do I need to get a bigger screw, or what do I need to do, an anchor, or what do I need to do to get that crane rod to stay on there? Is it in sheetrock? Uh, I think it is sheetrock. It's a manufactured trailer. Oh, that's right. You said it's a trailer. Mm-hmm. You can buy the anchors. You could go to a hardware store and go into the anchor uh, or, the you know, that screw section, mm-hmm. and they have these. You would want to find the ones, and I just saw these, that you can put on a hollow core door. And it's a specific type of um, screw that's going to hold something that's a little more flimsy than sheetrock. And it will expand on the back side and tighten in pretty good uh, to hold that curtain rod up. But I, I just saw those. I think that would work. Okay. I'll try that. All right. Well, thank you. I appreciate all your help. You're right. welcome. Well, stay stay warm down there in Ocean Springs. Right. <laughs> you probably don't use the heat a lot. <laughs> well, no, I was just like you. I didn't know whether to wear a sweater, a uh, no sleeve. It's just like that. Yeah, it'd be tough down there. All right, now. Thank you. Okay, take care. Thanks, Diane, for your call. Uh, before our first break, going to put you both on the spot real quick here. What would be a great gift for Christmas for a DIYer? A DIYer, Pam. Let's start with you. Oh my goodness! Um, ask him to do something for me. <laughs> <laughs> Bring all your tools to my house, and we're going to have a project together. It'll be awesome. I'll make a video. We'll have a lot of fun. I'll feed you. <laughs> You know, if if you're getting something for the uh, for the handyman, handywoman, um, I love this. It works every time. Get them a a nice tool. Okay, don't don't even worry if they already have it or not. But get them a nice tool. Give them the the receipt on it. It's not a secret. And then just tell them, hey, you may already have one, but if you don't, here it is. And if you do. Go back and get exactly what you need because they know what they need. Mm-hmm. And it may be multiple things. Right. So My uncle's a big DIYer, and I, he's in Louisville, Kentucky, so I'm pretty sure he's not listening to the show. But a couple of years ago, I gave him an X-Acto knife. Oh, yeah. And you would have thought I'd given the man a brick That's of right. gold. That's right. He lo- it's a yeah. tiny one that he can hold, you know, put in yep. his pocket. And so I was really, I was like, what am I going to give him this year? So I went and I got him a really nice pair of Workman leather gloves yes. that he can and use in know, his shop because it gets cold in Louisville, Kentucky. I, I like doing that better than getting the gift card. 
Yeah. The, the the gift card to me, you know, you're you're going to end up buying cleaning products or you know something silly, garbage bags or something. You know, get that tool for them. So. Yeah, that's that is a good one, and, and I think Pam, you make a good point too. Is you don't it has doesn't have to be the fanciest tool on the shelf, but uh, just something real simple, and that you think they could use. And those uh, simple things we need uh, along with the fancy tools as well. So, time for our first break of the hour. We want to hear from you. We're going to be talking fire safety coming up with Malcolm Alexander, Division Fire Chief of Community Relations and Fire Safety Education at the Jackson Fire Department. If you got a question, comment, or just want to tell us what project you're working on, you can give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven MPB Ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Email fixit one oh one at mpbonline.org. Stay tuned. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. In for Jason Klein this week, I'm Kevin Farrell. Here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspected Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Join the conversation this morning by giving us a phone call. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's one 877 672-7464. You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. On the line with us now is Malcolm Alexander. He's the Division Fire Chief of Community Relations and Fire Safety Education at the Jackson Fire Department. Malcolm, thanks for joining us this morning. What are some of the fire hazards homeowners should be concerned about this time of year? Uh, good morning. Thank you for inviting me to the talk uh, show. Uh, some of the concerns that we see that uh, in residential fire home safety for this time of the year is uh, unintended cooking. Uh, we still have an issue with unintended cooking. Uh, we know we have gas coming around through the holidays, and we put stuff on the stove and uh, get uh, sidetracked and just have a tendency to walk away. Um, maybe you got a, uh, your fireplace uh, uh, burning, and uh, you don't have a proper screen around it. And... Uh, embers have a tendency to pop out of the fireplace into the living area. So uh, that's just two of the common concerns. And then uh, last is uh, space heaters. We know a lot of people purchase space heaters in residential home, and they get up and walk away and leave still running and don't cut it off or forget that they had it on and leave the room. So that's a third concern that we have uh, in residential home fires. Um, so when it comes to prevention of fires, or that is, when we talk about smoke detectors, uh, what about fresh batteries? Is it a good idea to uh, to check them, and, and how frequently do you want to check the battery on your smoke detector? Well, as we move forward with the new technology of smoke detectors, uh, the industry have changed over in the last 10 years. Uh, we're using now uh, smoke detectors that have lithium batteries that is cased in uh, housing now that uh, last for 10 years. Now, you got a smoke detector that is 10 years uh, older. Uh, we ask that you call our local Jackson Fire Department at 601-960-1399, and uh, we'll come out and try to install you a smoke detector in your residential home, uh, one that has that 10-year lithium battery. 
But if you have an old smoke detector and they have the nine volt battery, we had that you check it every quarter of the year and change it out and test it and make sure that it's working monthly, uh, just as with the 10 year lithium battery. But we asked all residents to have a working smoke alarm in all sleeping quarters and in the common area of your resident home. Well, you know that battery's only going to go out in the middle of the night. <laughs> that's, always, that's always. Always when it starts beeping like that. And I'll tell you something that I see on um, smoke detectors quite a bit, and we we will test those when we're doing a home inspection, is that they're not put in the right place. Like if you go in to think about this, folks, if you have a vaulted ceiling in your den, which means how would you describe a vaulted ceiling, Jeff? Uh, um, a very high ceiling. It'll go up to what is the height oh, on a gosh, vaulted ceiling? It can ceiling? be 18 feet easy. Yeah. yeah. So you're going to yeah. go up 18 feet and you're going to put that smoke detector right above the door. <laughs> <laughs> now, think about it. Where does the smoke go? <laughs> but a lot of folks, they won't put it up there because they don't think it's pretty. I'm like, well, yeah, but your, your house is going to be full of smoke before you know. So think about where your smoke detector is. Another thing that I'll see is they'll put it in a hall right next to the return. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we see that as well. Yeah, so just make sure, and, and I've worked with the Red Cross on putting smoke detectors. We've done that in people's homes. This volu- We haven't done it since COVID, but, you know, it's just amazing to me the number of people who do not have smoke detectors in their home. And it's such an easy thing. Talk about a good Christmas present. One year, that's what I gave my entire family. They looked at me like I was crazy, and I was like, I just saved your life. Mm -hmm. You put that smoke detector up, and these open apartments where you've got like a vaulted area so you can look up to like a balcony or something, at the top of that balcony wall, you need a smoke detector. That's right. You know, a lot of them will talk to you now. Hmm. Yes. My my son, we just built him a house in Starkville, and he said the smoke detector went off the other day, and it, it started um, hollering, get out, get out. Oh, so, wow. So it, it's got the beep, but it also has some hmm. some verbiage. I love That's that. Yeah. What, what, did he burn the bacon? Why did he? <laughs> uh, I didn't ask. <laughs> I didn't burn bacon. I don't I want the details. <laughs> We're on the fix it. Go ahead. We we also tried to make sure this past year we 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 our thing for smoke detectors learn the different sounds. Mm-hmm. So we try to also educate the public in the different sounds uh, between the carbon dioxide and the smoke detector, so you can distinguish which one is beeping because some residents have both in their home. Mm-hmm. Make sure I didn't understand. realize there was a different signal for those. Yes, ma'am. It's a different uh, sound for the carbon dioxide and as well as the smoke detector. You know, I'm not smart enough to know the difference. I need to get one like Jeff's got where it goes carbon monoxide. <laughs> right. <laughs> So I know, but and you know the crazy thing about carbon monoxide detectors is people that'll go off, and you know what they do? They rip it off the wall and take That's batteries right. out. That's right. I'm like, um, there's a reason. There's a reason it's going off, but Jeff doesn't want to know. <laughs> We're talking with uh, Malcolm Alexander from the Jackson Fire Department. Malcolm, what about a fire extinguisher? Is that a, something that homes should have? 
Yes, I think every home should have a portable uh, fire extinguisher. And, uh, and we have also taught on the proper use and technique of how to use a fire extinguisher. Also, we we train on that within our, my division. But um, in your resident home, we require that you have like a five-pounder uh, smoke detector uh, relevantly uh, available so you can access quickly. But also, uh, we ask that you don't store it in the, under the sink cabinet because, you know, when you put it there, uh, once in a while you put something in front of them and you put something in front of them before you realize you don't push it all the way to the back of the cabinet. Mm-hmm. And then when you need it the most, it's not there. So we try to also ask people, uh, especially in apartment complexes, uh, do they have a five-pounder smoke detector? Uh, I mean, not a smoke detector, but a fire extinguisher that to uh, assist and aid. But now if the fire is truly out of control, we ask that you continue to come on out of the residency of the apartment complex and call 911, and you cannot handle it with that, the proper extinguisher of a fire extinguisher. Do those fire extinguishers, do they expire? Is there an expiration date on those things? Yes, ma'am. ma'am. Uh, and, and most time when I was in the cold enforcement, we used to go out and inspect the fire extinguisher. We, we used it as a, as a code that said they have to be uh, service and uh, we uh, write that up and uh, ask them to call their local fire extinguisher company to come out and service and pad the smoke detector so they can be in service for uh, another year. Yes, they have to be tagged in service for proper use uh, if you have one. Now, uh, it's kind of different in your residency, uh, in your home, but a business they do, but in residency, we just ask that uh, they check them uh, quality just as you checked your smoke detector and see uh, if it's still in the green. If it ain't in the green, it's probably time to get a new one. Uh, it's time to take it out and take someone's service for you and replace it. Those things are not real expensive. I think you can buy those little handheld ones at the, you know, these big box stores or hardware stores. Probably, a, a, yet again, another good Christmas present. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> a great Christmas present. Yes. A great one. Um, so we know Chris. Go ahead. Especially if you have a shop, you have a, a shop uh, that you do uh, like little two works or uh, woodwork or stuff like that. It's good to have one in the shop. Awesome right. idea. See, give it to that handy person, that DIY person, and some safety glasses. I thought about that too. I'm the world's worst about not putting mine on. Uh, Christmas lights are on lots of homes right now. So are the lights usually a source of a house fire, or is it possibly the outlet, uh, maybe overstuffing uh, an outlet? What What are your thoughts that you have there? Yes, uh, that's true. Uh, that's a good question. Um, we also uh, try to educate the public when it comes to certain uh, Christmas tree lighting. Uh, there's, 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 when you get the box, look at the box and read the content. They'll say also, uh, there's use for indoors and outdoors mm-hmm. uh, lighting. And so you need to know which application that you're picking up and purchasing for that use. You might be purchasing for indoor lighting uh, for your Christmas tree decoration, and, but you're putting them on the outside. And the weather element is not friendly to that type application. So you got to read the instruction uh which one that you're picking up. And then we try to... As people, uh, I know we someone mentioned earlier about particular type hooks and stuff. 
with you know, talking about the curtain rod with the sheetrock. We need to make sure we get the proper uh, uh, hooking device and not using a nail and drive a nail and then turn it up on the equipment tree line because it can pierce the insulation of the wiring and cause a shortage and cause a problem. And then inside the house, we uh, a lot of people uh, just jam everything into the outlet and it's overload the circuit. It might throw a breaker or it might cause a heating source. And I ask people that when you do that, go and uh, put your hands on the car and you feel like you're a little bit warmer than normal and it's overloaded and it's, it's, it's a career issue. So uh, a good surge protector would be one of the uh, protections uh, that you can plug into the outlet and then plug everything into it. You know, I think uh, Christmas lights are another thing. I have an old set uh, from way back when I was a kid, um, and I, when I plug those in, after a few minutes, the bulbs themselves, you can f- feel, start to get warm, where the new you know, LED ones are, are that's cer- certainly not a problem. So it's good to see that uh, we've advanced some with uh, with our tr- Christmas tree lights, and I think they're a little safer uh, now than they were when way back when, when I, when I was a kid. I uh, wish they would have, you know, Christmas lights. I wish they had something you could spray on them so the cat won't chew on them. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I've got a water bottle next to my Christmas tree because every time I turn around, those cats are just staring at it. And I know they're going to do some damage. So, uh, Malcolm, we appreciate you being on the show with us as we wrap up this segment. What would you say is the number one tip for homeowners in terms of fire safety this winter? Uh, my number one tip is make sure that every resident have a smoke detector. Mm-hmm. Every in every common area and make sure that you do your annual check uh, with your smoke detector because that's your first line of defense. If anything happens, like you say, in the wee hour of the night or that bad to go out, uh, that's going to be your indicator to get you up and get you out of your residency, uh, that apartment complex. And that, I would think that would be one of the most good present, uh, Christmas presents that you give anyone. Let me make an, uh, let me just make one more suggestion on that. If you're going to give them something and when you put up a new smoke detector, get on the back side of that smoke detector before you put it up and put a Sharpie pen on it that, with the date. Mm-hmm. So you know Definitely. when that one went up there because I think they're no good after, what, seven to ten years. Ten years. Ten years is uh, no more good after ten years. All right, uh, Chief Alexander, thanks so much for taking some time and uh, sharing with us uh, this morning. It is time for another break. We want to thank Fire Chief, uh, Division Chief Malcolm Alexander from the Jackson Fire Department for joining us today. For more fire safety tips and resources for kids, you can visit nfpa.org. That's the National Fire Protection Association website, nfpa.org. When we come back, we'll continue with your home improvement questions, so t- stay tuned. You can join us with questions and comments. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Back with more after this. You're listening to Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. It's the home improvement show to help you do it yourself. In for Jason Klein this week, I'm Kevin Farrell here with Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. If you missed any of today's show, you can listen back by subscribing to the podcast using your favorite podcasting app. Just search for Fix It 101, or you can download the MPB Public Media app for your phone as well. 
Got a couple of emails to get to here. This first one says, can you discuss the general advantages of having foam insulation in your home and specifically how to vent or not vent your home when you're using open cell foam throughout the home? Also discuss how this affects the humidity in the home that we deal with in Mississippi. Should we get a whole home dehumidifier? So first thoughts on foam insulation. Jeff, let's start with you. Um... You know, there's a couple schools of thought. It uh, we don't do it now. What 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 I like to do is do a one inch of flashing foam flashing on my exterior walls, and then use bat. Now there's people out there saying, "Oh, that's not the way to do it. Just do all foam or do all cellulose." There, there's so many different applications. We we could have a show on it for a month. For instance, if you are going to foam the entire envelope, there's all kind of things that you have to do. You 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 have to bring fresh air into the house. Uh, your your heat and air has to be upgraded. Um, it's it's um. If you're going to foam, okay, there's a lot of other things that must be done if you're going to do it that way because the house ends up being extremely tight. Tight, yeah. And a retrofit is, oh, boy, you really need to check out all your options before you – because I have just seen some really bad applications on retrofits where they didn't take into consideration. For instance, if you're going to foam retrofit – foam your attic you better take your bathroom vents out that's right because if you don't you got a rainstorm if if you if you don't bring fresh air into your heat and air system your heat and air system is not going to work it's not going to work right your your gas water heater is not going to work right and you can't use the same flues that's right if you put that in you can't put a metal flue up against that foam so i apologize for the answer we're not giving the listener the answer really because there's so many different answers that's why i opened with one one inch of of flashing in your walls and then do bat. Well, you're saying one inch of foam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one inch foam. And I love that idea. Me too. It if works it's, great. It's, if, it's yeah. not extremely expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great alternative. And then you're not, you're not doing all the other things that, that can cost thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, and a new construction. Matter of fact, if I was going to build a house, that's exactly what I would do. Because I, I just when I, you first said yeah. that, I thought that's an awesome idea. Now, in a retro, if you're in the house that you're in and right. you want to come back in and do that, you have to be so careful. One thing that folks don't think about, and Jeff, you can comment on on this. Maybe I'm wrong, but I have heard after talking to some foam applicators. That if you foam your attic decking, you have now invalidated your shingle warranty. I've never heard that before. We've done two houses. It's not real popular here, but we, we've done a couple. Those um, those houses actually caught on fire. Had nothing to do with the foam at all. Just just um it's a whole different build when you when you have foamed your your attic and you have a fire because now all the foam has all the smoke in it mhm ooh you uh, got to scrape all that off well when you scrape that off you scrape your nails which releases your roof mhm um it's it's a total different ball game yeah 
This is Fix It 101. If you have a question for us this morning, we've got some open phone lines. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 You can email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Got another email to get to here first, but I got excited. I was reading from the script that Jobber prepared for us this morning. Uh, from Realtor Magazine, these are home design building trends to watch in 2022. And the one that got me excited was colorful kitchens. It says homeowners are tiring of the all-white kitchen and want to add color. Expect to see more painted cabinets plus countertops that feature alternative materials such as concrete, stainless steel, or a combination of quartzine and granite. Uh, granite. I'm excited because that means the avocado kitchen is coming back. Am I right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, listen, that, there's a lot of truth to that. We, we just built a, a house, and we're, and we're doing this more and more. We are getting away from the traditional white cabinet. Uh, I thought we were going back to stain, and we're not. We're going back to a color. Um, so, and and it, it's it's looking good. And and we are mixing our um, our 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 countertops now. We're doing more concrete. We're we're even doing some butcher block. Yeah, so, I love the butcher block. Yeah. I love. The, I think that's an awesome idea. All right, so when shag carpets come back, I will really be in my <laughs> Oh, <own>. gosh. <laughs> I can't wait to get the rake. <laughs> remember, remember the rake? You had to rake it after yes. you vacuumed it. Oh, my God. Well, I, that was my job was to vacuum the shag after school, you know, and I never my, did mine it. Was, mine was raking. Well, I would grab the vacuum cleaner, and I wouldn't vacuum, but I'd run it over it, so it right. would look like it. <laughs> Uh, here's another email. It says, I have cupping in my floor. I have visque, a vis- visqueen layer out under house, but definitely not sealed from ground. Is this floor ever going to lay flat? Yeah. Yeah, eventually. Um, you, you've got moisture coming up from the bottom. Um, get some air circulating underneath the house. And, um, and give it some time, and it should lay back down. Yeah, you got to. The operative thing here, especially in Mississippi, is drying it out. You got to dry it out. Which best way to dry it out is to get some air moving. Yeah, well, so, you got to check your drainage. That's true. That's right. Make sure you got a good poly plastic down there. Don't buy the cheap stuff. You need a good eight. What is a what's a good mill on that? Is it mm. is it an eight mill? Uh, you know, I don't. I, I'm not sure. But we, if you don't. We, we buy it all the time. Yeah. Because if you put, because I'll get underneath the house and it just shreds right. because it's just rotted. So if it's not going to last for long. And I, I told a friend of mine this this morning, you know, you can do cheap. You can always go cheap. It'll cheap, just cost you $1,000 later. <laughs> cheap is very, very expensive. <laughs> it's real expensive. Cheap is very expensive. <laughs> just curious. Do we know where the term cupping came from? I'm assuming it means your floor is is not uh, flat, but do we know why it's called cupping? Um, that's what it's mimicking because your wood is actually um, uh, convex. It's 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 it's, it's pulling uh, up from it's, the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Pulling up, and then you call it whenever it's pulling up from the edges. Concave. Con- yeah. Well. Well, that's different. Up, up from the edges is water from the top. Yeah, correct. Up from the middle is, is water from the bottom. That's right. That's right. So that would be called saucering, I guess. <laughs> yes, I <don't> know. <laughs> Still got some open phone lines. If you have a fix it uh, question for us today, it's one eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven. 
672-7464. You can email the show. Send it to fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Got a couple of emails here. This next one, uh, I have a detached garage on a concrete foundation, and I'd like to add water and sewer. Uh, I am in the city and want to know if it's possible to run the sewer up and out with a pump. This is someone from uh, Olive Branch. You can. I mean, they're probably talking about if they want to add a bathroom. Are they? Repeat that question. Uh, I've got sorry. a detached garage with concrete foundation wanting to add water and sewer. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, there's a great system out there. Uh, it is called, um, there's a couple of them. First one that comes to mind, and I've installed several of them, is Santa Flow. Santa Flow is a great application for that. You can it, it actually has a little mini grinder station behind the commode. You can pump that up through your attic, get into any two inch plumbing line, and you are home free. And it'll just know that whenever you flush your toilet, it's going to go. Ring. That's right. There, there's a there, there there is a grinder pump that that you mount in behind the commode and typically would be great if you could get that on an exterior wall so you could put that in your storage room or something and um but the system works great it it really does i'm very pleased with it we had a um a new construction that we went on and they had one of those pumps and i I think it was an uh uh-oh or you know change order somebody wanted a bathroom where they hadn't put any sewer mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i i flushed that toilet and that thing scared me <laughs> i was like what is sounds like a rocket going off in the closet and i opened up the door and sure enough there's a little pump in there that's right and it's the same system if you're not on gravity flow you have the same system outside so this is not new technology but it, and it works very well does it have uh, an auto shut off jeff if there's ever an issue with it, will it like shut itself off? Yeah, we. I tell you what, we we have not had a lot of issues with these with these pumps. Um, they are designed very well. They work very well. Um, vapor barrier under your house needs to be twenty mil. Twenty mil. Yep. I could never remember the math on that. So. All right. Uh, before our next break, another uh, building trend to watch from Realtor Magazine. This one says curve. Expect to see more arched openings, barrel vaulted ceilings, curvy furniture, arched windows and doors and curved walkways. To me, and the idea of a curve de- definitely seems to kind of open up um, a room or something. Any any thoughts on, on curves? I, I would agree with that. Our designer right now is designing our next round of of new homes and we're putting some curved roof lines i i me personally i can tell you i don't like it but uh that's where we're trending what's the bar- well, you said something about a barrel barrel vaulted ba- ceiling barrel, 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 barrel vaulted. so you know the the old tray ceiling uh-huh. if you will in the master where we step up another foot yeah instead of doing that we're now doing a barrel roll wow so how interesting that's not sheetrocked is it we can sheetrock them. We can we can put wood. I bet a um, tongue and groove would be kind of cool on a barrel like it, that. It is. That, yeah. It is. Yeah. So nice, with a big old light hanging from the middle. Oh yeah. <laughs> Time for our last break of the hour. You can call us with your questions, comments, or just tell us what project you're working on. The number is one eight seven seven MPB ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or email fixit101 at mpbonline.org. Back to wrap up the program after this.
Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is Fix It 101 on MPB Think Radio. In for Jason Klein this week, I'm Kevin Farrell, here with uh, Pam Pibus, ASHE Certified Inspector at Inspect It Like a Girl, and Licensed Contractor Jeff Sammons from Houseworks. Looks like we have a caller on the line, so let's invite Cynthia from Oxford into the show. Good morning, Cynthia. Hi. I was just wondering on Tornado Safe Room um, construction, do you do much of those for new construction? Are people asking for that, or... Also, what's an affordable retrofit for that kind of thing? I've done several. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I I believe in them. They're not extremely expensive. Um, And then your second question, what's a good retrofit? They, um, They are available. If you have a garage, you can put a a freestanding tornado shelter that you actually anchor into your concrete. Um, steel frame. Steel frame. And they're nice. They're nice. So. The big thing you want to think about if you're going to put one in, make sure you have fresh air intake. Yes. Because if there, you know, if there's a tornado and it rips the house apart around you, it's going to take people a little bit of time to get to you. And if you don't have fresh air intake... You you may not make and it, it. And it's easy. Fresh air intake is not an issue. Get get, get you a couple inch hole in that in that structure. And then another thing that I always tell my customers when they move in, contact the fire department and let them know I have a safe room. It is located in my master closet. So, Got it. And they will document that, and then, you know, just in case you cannot get the door open or, or you know. All right, uh, Cynthia, yeah. thanks uh, for calling in this morning. Uh, this is Fix It 101. Let's uh, stay on the phone lines. Next, we'll go to Mary in Memphis. Go ahead, Mary. You're on the air with us. Hello. Hi. What do you have for us? Uh, I uh, My electrical box is currently at maxed out with what I've got in my home, but I'd like to have... Uh, some electrical outside. How can I go about doing that? They, we can we can add we can add electrical now. You know, depending on if you have a hundred amp service or two hundred amp service to your house, we may have to increase the power coming in. But let's assume that you have enough power coming into your house and your breaker box is simply full. We will add another breaker box. So relatively simple. And- and does that breaker box have to be outside? I understand that the new code is outside. I've not heard that. I'm not. I'm not aware of that. Mary. Do you have a, a main shutoff on the outside of the house, and then a circuit breakers on the inside of the house? Yes. Okay. And sometimes, sometimes what you can do is you can add a 20 amp breaker, circuit breaker, on your main shutoff outside. Sure. And then run your run your outlets. You would have to have conduit and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, yeah, adding exterior outlets shouldn't be a problem. Oh, very good. All right. Well, that's a little different than the information I've been getting. So I appreciate it. Okay. Yeah. And but obviously that's not a DIY 
thing. I would I would hire no. an electrician to no. do that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I'm not going to do it myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good choice, Mary. <laughs> All right, uh, Mary. Thanks for your call. You know, harkening back to the, the safe room. My family lived in uh, Texas in the mid '60s, um, and our, down the street, the girl had a, we called it a bomb shelter back then. Different times, but mm-hmm. she had right. in her yeah. backyard, yeah. and yeah. that was always fun to go there and. And go downstairs there. So, uh. <laughs> my granddaddy had one of those in Greenwood, <laughs> and he he put it in. He built it himself, which was you know, Paul Paul. And so he builds he builds this thing, and then he puts all this dirt on top of it. This was in the sixties. Okay, so when it rained a lot, it filled with water. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> you know, I, I, I put one in my garage. There, there is another system out there that I really like. You cut a a three by five and there's various sizes in your garage slab and you set your uh, storm shelter in that hole Hmm. and it's designed a way that you can still park your car in your garage and the door opens up from the garage door side and you simply walk Walk down down the stairs in in your stairs really yeah and it works very well so it's actually um, down in the ground. It is in the ground in your garage. Your car's on top of it, which is even better. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a we, we have provisions in there. I can, and uh, uh, there's a little uh, come along in there if you have to slide the door open. It's it's a good system. See if Dorothy had had one of those. Oh, if only Dorothy. <laughs> so had she one. and Toto could have stayed at home. That's right. <laughs> All right, uh, got a couple minutes left. One final email here. Uh, I'm doing a rehab on a 1940s house near Tupelo and thinking about adding a Dutch door as the front door. Mm. Thoughts or watchouts I should be aware of? Just money. I've never, <laughs> I've never installed a Dutch door in 25 years. I'm not even sure I know how to do it. Yeah. What is a Dutch door? It's a it's a half door. It's a it's a it's a the top opens or the bottom opens and then mm-hmm. both of them open. Yeah. I don't know why you would want one. Especially on an outside door. Exactly. I wonder if they've got pets and they thought, well, this will keep the dog in and I can open it and get some fresh air. Mm. I don't know. My I, dogs would jump right I'm, over there. I'm, I'm not going to make a comment because I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I'm not sure I'd do that on an outside door because how are you going to insulate that know. middle panel, that I, middle opening? That's right. that's right. I'm all about energy efficiency. Figure something else out. Do okay. something else. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would think uh, security is a, it would be a bit of an issue there as well uh, with the Dutch door. I think you could secure it, yeah, but it would I'm, just. I'm not <sighs> that concerned about that. I'm, I'm more concerned how, how how are you going to weather strip it? You know, um, I, again, in 25 years, I've never installed one. Yeah, I see them so on laundry room doors. People I'm, will do that because they want to. I'm not the company for that. Yeah, so I mean, hey, but you know what? If that's what you want to do, then by all means. Put in the Dutch door. <laughs> All righty. That is going to wrap us up for today. Fix It 101 is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio, funded by generous contributions from listeners. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener was Liz Gill. So for Pam Pibus, Jeff Sammons, sitting in for Jason Klein, I'm Kevin Farrell. Stay tuned. Our Wednesday 10 a.m. program, Everyday Tech with Jay White, is up next. We'll be back next Wednesday at 9 for another Fix It 101, only on MPB Think Radio.